Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, etc., etc. This is the Machination Log for May 10th, 2080. When did this movie come out? 77. 2077. <laughs> this is the movie crew prime in the house. We got Nicole. You're here. We got Ryan. Uh, extended Herzog impersonation. And I'm I'm not capable of that. Yeah, but you know the most German out of all of us. I do, and it's amazing how little that translates into a convincing accent. Excellent. But it did mean that I needed fewer of the subtitles in Werner Herzog's Stroschik. Yes. So can I go for it? Go you for it. You should. All right. So we have more. It's Herzog bitches. It's it's Herzog bitches. And, uh, more Herzog May. Um, those are the only two I came up with. So uh, so for those for the uninitiated, uh, Werner uh, Fitzgerald Herzog is that's a made up name. Uh, Werner Herzog I was is. Say <laughs> that's a little too on I the was, nose. Um, proceed. Yeah, Werner Herzog is a, a filmmaker. Uh, he is German and he's amazing. Uh, all right. Next question. Uh, Strozik. Yeah, so he made a film in 77 called Strozik, Strozik, and it's quite good. Next question. It is very good. All right. What makes it so good? So I've been, like, going around in my head, like, because I I was like, Herzog, and when you questioned me, I was like, I know what, I I knew the movie, I love Herzog, like, let's do this. Uh, You know, and the same way that, like, a lot of times when you have an artist who I think manages to capture, uh, a feel, a, a unique, not, not like, like philosophy of art or anything like that, but just is able to kind of capture an overall attitude or maybe a value system uh, in the way that they approach their art. Uh, we tend to like name things after them, right? So there's like a Proustian view of literature. There's a Kafka-esque view of the world. Uh, I think there's a Herzogian uh, way in which we could approach cinema and filmmaking and society in general. Um yeah, I, th- I think you could go there. Very few people utilize a Herzogian method, uh, Harmony Corinne being one of the few I can think of off the top of my head. But and it's, it's a shame yeah, that, absolutely. that, that it, more people aren't as rogue and as... It's probably because it's a pain in the ass yeah. to be yeah, as it, legitimately avant-garde and surrealist. I mean, we'll get into this, but... It Herzog, takes a type of personality. It does. And Herzog, I mean, documentaries are more popular now than they ever have been because we're obsessed with reality now in our fiction. <laughs> but Herzog is capable of taking that to, I mean, he did it first and best. I, yeah. The, the degree to which this movie, I mean, this movie is not a documentary, um, but I kept I kept All coming of- back to the idea. It's. It's basically an alternate history mm-hmm. of someone's life. All, see, Herzog films, you know, they're all on the spectrum, okay? You know, like, he does both documentary and narrative films, but, like, his documentaries aren't totally truthful documentaries. His narrative films are not completely fiction. They're, yeah. on, they're on a spectrum. And you, you're not always sure, like, where on that spectrum they are. Yeah, no, his <laughs> his films are mostly documentaries, and his documentaries are mostly films. They're, yeah. they're cross-cutting in the way that he presents the material, and, you know, like reality, reality television, yeah. what genuineness, in air, it's a visual medium, yeah. Uh, yeah. podcasting, air quotes, <laughs> genuine, um, you know, like, it's a, it's a, it's something that we, like, people strive for in their interactions uh, with people. Uh, we see it infused in a lot of our media and art now, the idea that there is somehow some sort of like um, self-expression that comes through that is meant to tell the truth, but not like uh, I think what Herzog is aiming for is a higher understanding of the world. 
uh, but no, people want to like provide the genuineness and the truth within themselves, which is very solipsistic. And I think one of the reasons I have a hard time like identifying with a lot of like modern uh, art, uh, a lot of modern fiction and uh, modern television uh, is because I think that there is a more of a way in which people are, are trying to express emotion and then feel that that is what is being genuine uh, as opposed to finding some sort of uh, wider truth that Herzog, I think, is almost foremostly like just obsessed with. Yeah, Herzog yeah. is obsessed with basically the way that nature can be harsh and chaotic. Um, you know, this one, this one isn't as it doesn't like manifest it as much of his other things. But but Herzog, like, there's a constant conflict that we have with nature, and Herzog reflects that in a lot of his film topics. And a lot of the way that he just approaches, uh, you know, his films. Like, I, I mean, this movie may not take the nature's, like, <laughs> it as, may not as, take as, nature's hardships literally. As literally, but it's still it's there. It's all over It's this still movie. there. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, what I mean. So he, sometimes it, it's it's more literal than others. This one, it's not quite as literal. But there's there's a constant, uh, uh, it's not a man versus nature. It's the fact that nature is chaos and you you... That's what you have to work with. Well, I've so uh, have you guys heard of this um, this Corey Newstead guy on YouTube? Have you heard of this guy? Nope. Okay. Um, well, he so. has like like tens. I don't know. He's got he's like one of the most popular many people. Views. Yeah, my, yeah, many views on the YouTube. And uh, I think that where Herzog, like in a sense, ends and like the modern, um, you know, infotainment kind of you know broadcasting yourself. Yeah, YouTube millennial generation kind of comes from this. Um, you know, if you were, you know, maybe a little bit facile and, uh, you know, lacking in philosophical depth, you could definitely be like a Corey Neustadt or this like modern, um, concept of, you know, trying to have this mixture between, um, method and product. And I think this is one of the things before us, we're kind of like introducing Herzog to our <laughs> listeners before we get into Strassic. Um, Herzog has a pretty much a very unique style especially early on mm -hmm. of filmmaking right the method of how he goes about developing creating and filming and then you know the overall production of a film uh, and the product itself these two are kind of harmonized into each other to a very large uh, to a very large extent uh, more so than the kind of mechanistic commercialized way in which filmmaking is oftentimes done um, with the, in a sense, the reality of his filmmaking is not so much that he's trying for a kind of objective viewpoint, uh, but that it doesn't rely on a kind of sanitized process where you want to unify and control and, and just, you know, force the filmmaking experience into producing exactly what you want it to be. Yeah, well, his films kind of develop organically because what's going on around, behind, who, he, who he's and meeting, who he where is, he is, who the people are in these films all affect what we see in the finished product. Mm -hmm. There is a he's not like a he's not like an avid storyboarder like someone like the Coen Brothers where you have each scene worked out. Like these movies are are organically kind of developing as. He's shooting them and putting them together. And I think the other interesting thing is, too, is that, you know, if you had, like, if you had, most films, if it doesn't, you can't tell what day of the week they were filmed on. They could have been filmed on any day in the process, and they would have, the, the goal would have been for them to turn out the same. Mm -hmm. Herzog, uh, a, a day, you know, Herzog filming a scene one day, and then Herzog filming the uh, the same scene in an alternate reality 
uh, the same, you know, similar alternate reality the next day would be two different scenes. They would be just different from each other. And I think that has a, not, a, not necessarily a spontaneity to it, um, because that's not the goal. But there is a sense that what you're seeing has and reflects the way in which uh, experience is differentiated and not the same for people. And I think he's building that into an overall message for the world as well, that he's not trying to present us with, an, with a unified vision of, of what his view is and how the world works, but is instead more about a kind of larger process where, uh, once again, I have to say it again, where this method and the product are very similar to each mm -hmm. other. Uh, and that's that's what I was yeah. I was going to okay, yeah, get please, at. Yeah, there, is, in a different is, way. <laughs> is that it? It has much much more to do with the journey of creation mm -hmm. than of the actual. <laughs> there's there's a gap between creating and having a creation, mm -hmm. and Hollywood exploits the latter of the two that mm -hmm. I just mentioned. Having a creation, uh, Herzog's films, as the commentary tracks make abundantly clear, are a lot of fun to actually generate. Yeah. Whether their final products make sense or not, and that ends up being part of the reason probably why the documentary uh, angle gets very blurred because it, his films are a production. Mm -hmm. They are an actual production, and there is not an obvious sense that the conclusion Herzog is trying to reach is to have a good film. It's basically to have a good time. Mm -hmm. Um, in whatever form good happens to take. Pleasurable, maybe not. I think we'll get into one of those instances where maybe it wasn't a uh, comfortable or enjoyable experience, <laughs> only in retrospect was it fantastical. Right. Um, although this movie, and we should definitely just get into the movie. I think we should. Um, this movie definitely is no exception. Um, Strasik stars Bruno S. Um, as Bruno S. Yes. And Ava... Uh, what's her? Ava is a. a what's, her, what's what's her last name? Mattis. I don't know. A man. Ava Mattis stars yes. as Ava Mattis. As Ava. Yeah. Um, Hershite as Hershite. Yeah. Um, so uh, the only one of these three is an actual actor. Uh, yeah. Like Ava is a real actress. He couldn't um, find a pretty enough woman. Uh, for the role, I guess. Well, he wanted someone that still looked real, like an actress that still looked like a normal person ish. Because normally he's able to uh, dredge these people up. Yeah, so so Herzog doesn't always use actors, uh, but he likes to find basically marginalized people in society who have like lived and experienced things. Mm -hmm. um, he also likes using psychotics occasionally. He did a few films with some mm -hmm. of them. Um, so so Bruno here is one of these marginalized Berliners that he saw in a documentary and thought, I, gotta, I, I, gotta, I need I to make a fucking guy. film with this guy. Get me that man. Yeah. <laughs> and then he proceeded to make a film essentially around Bruno. Yes. Um, there's very little, there's very little actual production to the way, the reason I, I felt it necessary to mention that it is Bruno as Bruno yeah. is that for the first half of this movie, like I said, it's not even an alternate history of no, Bruno's it's life. It's filmed in almost, his apartment. It's filmed in his own apartment. <laughs> uh, there are scenes where it's Bruno doing things that Bruno does in his normal life. Mm -hmm. yep. And then at some point, the plot deflects. But until that point, it's basically a documentary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that is... And it's not even that dramatized. No, not <laughs> terribly. I mean, there's, there's one there's of my a... favorite scenes in the whole movie, um, of which there are many to choose from. Uh, Herzog basically follows Bruno to his favorite uh, alleyway, 
where he plays on a glockenspiel yes. and accordion mm-hmm. and sings off key. Mm-hmm. Which is evidently what Bruno in real life did on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah, because the, he liked to do it. Because that's what he truly loved. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 and so this Bruno character is, um, I guess he finds him as a marginalized Berliner. Uh, the basic bi- biography that we get from the commentary section, which some of this is based on, is that um, <laughs> Bruno was like really abused as a child. His, yeah. he, he was an unwanted child. He was severely abused. And, grew up in institutions. Yeah, and, and, and was abused so poorly that he was he stopped talking and, and grew up in institutions uh, for unwanted people, for psychotics, for broken, you know, Broken and battered things. To take I want to say phrase. it was the uh, the Center for Disabled and Retarded Children. Yes, was the name of the place. Yeah, and I'm sure in like 60s, you know, 50s, uh, you 60s, know, post post war Germany, war, war yeah. Germany. <laughs> these were not happy places. Yeah, not the not the glowing centers yes. of mental and then health. We, and then we don't that they are today. So, um, but we even start with this movie where Bruno is being institutionalized. He's locked up in in prison when we start this movie, and he's being released uh, on that day. That's where we we start this film. Mm-hmm. So we kind of you know kick off with the fact that he's been in and out of these institutions. So we do reflect that you know in the narrative. No, right it, from the get go. Yeah, yes. we get we get a um, a slightly truncated, but nonetheless entirely. Uh, theme-oriented look into Bruno's life at the very start. Yes. Um, and then he proceeds to... And he get... says some fun things, actually, during this. I do like this opening sequence where we get introduced to Bruno because he's getting released from the prison. And, um, you know, we learn that he has a problem with alcohol right we from do. the beginning. A uh, continuing problem with yes, alcohol. Yes, we also learn that, you know, he's not that thrilled about going back to the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there's not much going on for him out there. Mm-hmm. And I also there's the one the one uh, guard right before he leaves just overwhelms Bruno with all this information like basically like everything they probably should have been trying to uh, I don't know foster like getting a stable job and stuff while he was in there they just like bombard him with it like two seconds before mm-hmm. he walks out so obviously it was a really effective rehabilitation program oh no doubt also <laughs> just as a, a comment on the uh, the found characters of this uh, as opposed to like found footage we have people that yeah. are merely discovered <laughs> yeah. within the scene um the war i assume that guy's the warden um, yeah it, that would be that would be the guy who would be checking him out um that man is so like unseemly looking Mm -hmm. like he's got the bureaucrat face in a way that no actor would allow themselves like no actor could keep themselves looking like that and the closest person that i can think of that comes to this who who is really kind of cheating um is when lewis ck is used as an authority figure yeah Uh, they did this on parks and rec where he plays a police officer like a dumpy police officer uh they also do it in I don't I don't remember if it's the other guys or a movie related to it where he plays like a higher up police official mm-hmm. and the point oh, is yeah, that the he other looks guys. is that he looks like too real for the rest of the world that's yeah, around cause, him. Yeah, cuz you could like see the harshness on him and then everyone else still looks like a Hollywood actor. Well, yeah, that he's not like 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 a classically good looking but then someone who's like just like kind of ugly, but has that like symmetry that Hollywood likes, you know, yeah. like, no, no, he no, doesn't you have can, any of that shit. You, you can stare at Louis CK. Yeah. Um, you don't have to like it the whole time, <laughs> but he's just, you know, he's got that rough around the edges yeah. thing, which of course, if you know anything about Louis CK is half of his shtick yeah. is that he is a dumpy old man. Um, this guy takes it to another level, mm-hmm. um, where he has like the permanent scowl yeah. and his face is completely incongruous. 
He's a beautiful character. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And it's the kind of thing, again, that only Herzog... Like, is there another director that... You were saying um, Corinne. Harmony Corinne, yeah. Harmony Corinne... uh, Well, the thing is, Harmony didn't have as big of a fucking oeuvre, but um, Julian Donkey Boy, you can see, like, the direct inspiration. I mean, it has Herzog as a character, but you can also see the direct inspiration in kind of, like, the filmmaking in that and some of his other stuff, like Gummo. I just wonder because um, it, it seems but, like for as renowned as Herzog is, it seems like he has no, um, not predecessors. successors. Like, it doesn't seem like anybody is imitating what he's th- doing. This because, like, people are scared to be that original. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, it's, like I said, there is something in the way his philosophy and approach is so in- intertwined into how he to the products to that the he makes. Into the art that he produces. produces. It, yeah. It is hard to disentangle the two from each other. Because um, I've been, I mean, I've got a lot I've wanted to touch on with this film. I mean, the, kind of like the bigger ideas, not necessarily the plot itself, but like... Um, We're about to run out of plot yeah, anyway. Exactly. Oh, yeah, so. no, yeah. yeah, we just need to introduce our characters yeah. and we can like, like along. Like seemingly all of our great films, uh, the story... Yeah, just, what's, yeah. what's the tagline? What's it's, that? What's an ex-convict from Germany flees to find a new life in Wisconsin? Yes. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it was an alcoholic, like an old man and a prostitute leave Germany for Wisconsin in search of a better life. There yeah. we go. Boom. All right. So, what a premise. Yeah. So uh, that's what this Strassic. movie is go about. See it. Go see it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, I think that because there's a lot, like like a lot of Herzog's films, like this film in particular, there's a lot going on here that's not like directly ex you know explained yeah. and digested a lot of it is just and demonstrated yes through bruno and, and he it's unbelievable how much gets expressed through bruno with such little like you know cuz his his words are not his strong suit but he knows what's going on well and and like i think what this tough thing is, is that this film's in german yeah and you'd mentioned that like watching it several times kind of changes it for you well we had watched it recently we were doing the commentary track so i didn't mm-hmm. have to worry about listening and then i wasn't reading the subtitles but i'm just like watching you know what's happening and you know that's part of the good thing about you know foreign films when you kind of know them you can like stop reading what they're yeah. saying and like pay attention to the visuals and I mean, some of the problems that you have in this film is, in particular, is that, um, and as Herzog himself mentions, which is that you can't necessarily get actors to express things um, without seeming that are real. O- yeah, that are over that that appear stylized. Yeah. I mean, um, a lot of people, a lot of humans, are pretty good at knowing when you're being lied to, right? Some humans, you know, we're pretty no- good about knowing when someone's putting us on about things, and with film. Uh, you know, it's you know, you you talk about like an uncanny valley in the filmic experience. You know, like you know, we approach, we know we're getting lied to, but then suddenly there'll be a point where it falls off to where you know we're like our brain we buy just in, over yeah, we, we buy, buy in, in, and we're yeah. into it, and we're into it, and then when it gets too real, we're like, I don't want to deal with this. This is bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's like you go from a nice period to like artful to snuff film. Very, very, you know, there's like a valley in between there to where we like we'll buy it, but then we reject it all out wholesale. Um, because true reality is just watching a fucking, you know, CC camera feed 24 hours a day. Like, that's fucking boring. Um, Says you. Yeah, okay, that's true. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, unless it's on a panda, you know, like, then I'm, like, fucking on my YouTube. All- anyway, so the thing, or baby drafts, that's what it was. Recently. Yeah. Yeah, baby drafts. So, I think, though, that the way in which Herzog approaches this is that we asked why there's no successors. That's what we're doing. Why yeah. is there no successors? To Werner Herzog, because I don't think many people have the capability of 
finding and and gaining the trust of people who are actors and then be able to like get them to do what you need them to do yeah. in a and film. And I'm going to cover this topic extensively after we pick my Okay, good. My yeah. Too. Then I won't go into it yeah. too far here. But then <laughs> but like Bruno is a damaged person. He, yeah. I don't know. I mean, we can throw around labels like he's mentally handicapped, right? Like um he suffers from I, autism. I, I like I don't of, uh, yeah, he's, he's marginalized. He's like, you know, he's Kind of lives he's in got, the fringes. He's, he's got some pathologies, he's, you know? Yeah. He's affected. He's incapable of participating in life the way a normal person can. Like, he's got issues. and yet, He doesn't look at people in the eye yes. all that often. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think that while we have to, like, ex- like, look at that and, like, we would, if we had to interact with him in the real world, we'd have to take him on his own terms. But that's not what we do with people who are difficult or people who don't, like, kind of fit into what, like, the prescribed societal role is for a given situation you know it's always disconcerting if you like approach a stranger and appear like very sincere and genuine with them you know that's like disconcerting you're like holy Mm -hmm. shit like why is this person being honest with me like you know that's that's a little bit unnerving and yet uh when people step out of that we tend to marginalize them right like this is what to be marginalized means is that there's a way in which the inability for someone to fit into those societal roles becomes the reason we marginalize them because mm-hmm. they aren't playing the game like the rest yeah, of us know. Yeah, because he, you know, he doesn't keep himself as well dressed and, you know, upkept and, you know, he's walking around with this fly open and well, like, like, you know, he panhandles fall- and in this movie essentially he's a panhandler for, you know, a living, though mm-hmm. it's not that he's not capable of working. Um, you know. It's so like our tramp like but our the tramp. opposite. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, but well, that's just a different time and place for him. Yeah. But, but that we don't like, you know, we don't want to take people on their own own terms, right? Like if someone's taken too long in the checkout line, you're fucking like, Jesus Christ, like why can't we move on with our lives? Like we're not here for actual human connection. We're here to fucking perform a role. And this is Water by DFW. Catch it on YouTube. Yes. Yeah. So when we uh, when we see these things and when Herzog is, uh, is trying to capture some uh, some the, the truth of a person, um, he wants that truth to be as expressed as possible. And so you get people who are incapable of lying. And this is what is so good about the Bruno is that the Bruno can't lie. He can only be himself to varying degrees. Yeah. He can only be himself. And this is, I think, very important to kind of, um, to, in order to capture what Herzog is trying to capture, especially, especially in his early film, Oeuvre. Mm-hmm. So what scene do we want to jump to from here? Okay, so anyways, yes, yeah, so we've got we've got Bruno, we've got Ava, and we've got Herr Scheitz, and they live in the Turkish part of town. Yes, Bruno goes to a bar. That's yeah. where he catches up with Eva to yeah. get a beer, immediately after release from prison. But then we meet our other famous German actor, characters, people in this film, uh, which is Ava has some pimps. Yes. She does. Oh, Yeah, these are some good man. real people, these too. These are some awesome, these are like top five pimps in Hollywood history right here. I... W- w- I think competing. he was the top. Yeah. I think he was he was the top pimp in like in like yeah, he was Germany. The actual yeah, he was the pimp. actual top the prince, pimp. Was it the the prince, prince of Hamburg. Of Hamburg. Hamburg. <laughs> yeah. So these two guys, these these fucking guys. All right, these fucking guys. Um, you know, they start putting some pressure because obviously Ava has some trouble with the situation. You know, has having some trouble with um. They have to and, discipline her, right? Yeah, she moves in with the Bruno and. He, you know, these guys start kind of giving him a little heat, which Bruno definitely doesn't like because he's now getting bullied. Yes. But these guys, once again, not actors. Yeah. No. No. And it shows. Yeah. <laughs> the Prince of Hamburg cannot act 
at all, which is perfect. Which and all they had him do was be himself. Um, mm-hmm. If the commentary track is to be believed, uh, most of the time he Herzog was- gave uh, gave the Prince of Hamburg like a line that he needed to incorporate, like he needed to mention that they were in the Turkish part of town, yes, or that someone owed someone. Yeah, a give specific him the amount of money. Yeah. Give him the situation. At which point he just behaves as if he were doing his job. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, Sometimes drunk. Which he does admirably. Yeah. <laughs> but man, like, and again, it's perf- It's it's casting that you can't get out of an actor. Because I can imagine what the Hollywood version of the Prince of Hamburg is supposed no, to look like. it would be like. some stylized, yeah. ridiculous, and, over the top. And I'll grant you that has its merits as a reason it's popular. But there is something about having the guy who is, cle- like... You wouldn't have to guess too many times. You would guess, like, auto mechanic, drug dealer, and you just play the hot-cold game and you'd get to pimp in, like, four moves. Um, you know what this guy does for a living outside of being in Herzog's films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and that's great. Yeah. And so you, like, you, you're given these cast of characters and we're seeing how, like, you know, what it is to, like, go through this, right? Like, yeah. this is a very unvarnished take on how we you know see the bruno interacting how he is like accepting and warm in his own way and yet is fucking like dealt with by the fact that he's involved himself with this uh, ava a prostitute um and you know there's consequences because she's committed to this like lifestyle with her pimp and they are essentially you know going and attempting to um you know punish her until she comes back and does what she's supposed to do and you know Bruno gets caught up in this, being her the person who's offering her sanctuary, yes. right? He he must be punished along with her, and he's abused. I mean, what's unnerving about this is that the fucking treatment of Bruno by virtually everyone in this film is fucking like just troubling. Like mm-hmm. it's like strange the way that you like see this guy who we know is not acting in a sense, and yet to see him being treated the way that he is, I think is part of the like way in which uh, Herzog tries to get the emotionality of this film, you know, kind of connecting the dots between yeah. our, uh, the emotional reaction he's trying to elicit from the audience. Like and a- we're back. <laughs> yeah. Non-actors. Non-actors. Okay. This break brought to you by Comcast. Anyway, uh, Herzog, the opposite of Comcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about how people mistreat Bruno. Yeah. So I've, um, because they think he's stupid. Well, and the way in I, the the way in which our film sets us up for this is to see the kind of way in which institutionally Bruno has been dealt with, right? Like, um, the kind of like way in which he the inhumanity in which Bruno is treated is kind of like demonstrated to us throughout the film. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if we want to kind of step back and take a kind of wider approach or, or philosophical nature to this thing, which I, I want to do, and since I have a microphone, I'll do it, is that you know. The inhumanity of the system, I think, is on trial here to a certain extent. We're being demonstrated the way in which, um, you know, it is is an unkind and unfeeling world that we kind of live in to a certain extent. And for people who aren't able to play the game at least well enough to, like, you know, like, have a car. Or not live in the, the, you know. Who can keep their flies zipped up, you know. Yeah, who don't live in the Turkish part of town, which evidently (laughs) is not a good place to be if you're not Turkish. Absolutely. They're brown. Yeah. Yeah. That's Basically. usually what it takes. Yeah. 
And, you know, that there is, a, uh, you know, there's some fucking harshness to the way the world is established. And we're, like, s- seeing this in the kind of, like, depressing way in which the world kind of looks. Oh, the in whole this world German is film depressing, is, but... especially in the German part. It's, mm-hmm. like, kind of dreary. Everything is... That was Jacob when we were watching. Yeah. It was like, was this movie in color before the America <laughs> section? Because the America section in genuine american fashion this goes back a long way i mean we like colors a lot mm-hmm. more yeah. over here than they do over there mm-hmm. uh they're way more into their marble stone stucco aesthetic than we are i mean they there's a lot of gray yeah and a lot of brown mm-hmm. well and so that's why when you know when hair shites the neighbor you know says oh my nephew from wisconsin says that we can go see him you know Bruno and Ava are into this idea of leaving Germany because they've been, you know, marginalized mm-hmm. here. They've they're being bullied. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just not seeing how yep. this is going to improve for them. So maybe it will improve in the land of else. opportunity. Yeah, and, uh, just a basic motivation, a basic plot point in yeah. which to go yeah. for it, and it's Wisconsin. And why the hell not? Right? We're gonna find out why not soon enough. Yeah. So yeah. So um. But Ava, I, you know, kind of like. In in her character, I think is uh, really well done. I I like the Ava character in this film. Um, you know, these people are not like you know to be held up as like some sort of like you know like there, there's, no, there's no hero in this yeah. film. You know, this film is not you know meant to give us some sort of like model in which we could take back and live our lives as. Um, the way in which somebody would like see this film and want to empathize with it, I think, is kind of tough because you know you don't. I mean, who are you rooting for in this film? You know, like that's hard to tell. But yet, you know, I do think that this film, while having, you know, a lot of different moods and a lot of different ways in which it tries to communicate the larger ideas that I think Herzog is trying to present to us, um, it is fucking enjoyable, right? Like, I do think that there is a lot of, like, neat and enjoyable things within this, um, because ultimately, you know, Herzog wants to find things that I don't think many people experience on a day-to-day level, and he wants to kind of share the little bit of extraordinariness that uh, occurs in these people's lives. Three examples. Uh, the f- opening shots of the film are of um, Bruno leaving, uh, but the credit sequence after him being dealt with institutionally by the prison upon his release, the credit sequence shows us a distorted picture uh, of just like a street scene. In fact, we have to almost kind of piece it together because it looks rather impressionistic. And what it is when the camera pulls out to reveal that we're in fact in Bruno's cell or his you know patient room in this institution, uh, the windows at eye level and standing level have all been whitewashed so the prisoners cannot see outside. But what they have done is is filled a jug with water that when that reflects the outside scene from that they so they can see the outside world through this reflection. And he calls it his television. Yeah, they call I think. it the television. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, I mean, once again, it's just a small detail in which these people have like found a way to experience or find an enjoyment in a system that is designed to maybe prevent them from finding or seeing what they want or, or being able to achieve or, or see what they want. Um, the second instance is um, a rather difficult scene because he. Uh, Bruno goes and talks to one doctor, uh, like a psychiatrist, I think, who like kind of like explains like or you who know, like volunteer. Is that the doctor that volunteers? Like it, it supposedly at the volunteers at the yeah. That's the one before that though. He goes and talks to another doctor or something or another scene Does where that? that is, where he's like, um, 
Because the one there's the one before and after the two abuse scenes where he like is communicating with someone like that, and then um, but the one where he goes to the premature ward um, is a really striking scene. I mean, it is like almost out of place in the rest of the scene because yeah, he he's... goes to talk to that doctor after he gets bullied because he met him from the prison. Mm-hmm, and yeah, then he just happens. I guess like he's a pediatrician at a yeah, like at a pre. Pre, yeah, like at set a premature five, birth clinic. five days a week and works at yeah. the prisons on Tuesdays mm-hmm. and Thursdays, I guess. And then this scene, of course, shows us like some, you know, like a very difficult scene, which is once again, like interesting in the sense that we obviously know this is some sort of construct. And yet the because rea- once again, like if you have premature babies in your film, like there's not a lot of acting going on, you know, like <laughs> and this doctor, like, you know, picks up this premature child and, you know. And he wants to show him the grip reflex because they can't see, they can't, you know, but they like can grip the dickens out of anything and hold on to it and hang by their own grip. And the fucking screams of this premature child are just like, holy, like this kid is unhappy about what is going on right now. And yet we then immediately go to the doctor uh, after demonstrating to Bruno, he's like, look at how amazing this is. Uh, Look at how they can hold on. And, you know, in a sense, survive uh, or, or get through what you can put them through. Look at this amazing thing that he shows Bruno. Uh, and then he's, he's holding the child and the child looks so content. Like, it's just <laughs> like, like yeah. it is like from screaming, hanging, premature baby to cuddled fucking closeness and warmth in the, in the, you know, it is such a juxtaposition. And yet, once again, you know, we know this is staged for our benefit. And yet in a film in which we know that like most of what's going on here is not scripted and not set up, right? Uh, that scene is different if it's shot 30 minutes later from when it's shot. That's, that scene is different if it's shot a day later or a day before. I think that is part of what is so jarring and yet also slightly fucking captivating about what he's showing us, which is that we know that while this is still staged, it is, certainly doesn't separate it from being unique. And I think that's what's so appealing about what Herzog, I think, is trying to present us. And it uh, that already presupposes the documentaries, which is presumably what we're trying to compare this to or contrast it from in this case, are not staged themselves. I mean, I, I think the argument that the the line we draw between documentaries and films is a little it's a little generous to documentarians Arbitrary to, 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 to believe extent. to believe that for some reason putting a camera on something does not dramatically impact the reality that you're filming i mean it's not the fact that you didn't give everybody on the scene lines is not somehow a complete fix for the fact that you're asking them to tell you about themselves it's something specific yeah. i mean even if even without dialogue just walking around with a camera dramatically alters the world that you're bringing in. Yeah, it's a little Schrodinger's Herzog here that we're getting into that, you know, we have this, like, you know, uh, being observed and observing affects what you're trying to approach. But most documentarians, you know, will construct something, will construct an artifice even more blatant than a film and then claim it as truth, right? And that's what Herzog, like... Herzog's not at least going to fucking insult us a little bit within yeah. that, right? He's yeah. I mean, I, for all intents and purposes, this is I, this was a, an actual doctor in an actual premature yeah. birth mm-hmm. ward, and that was an actual demo- premature demonstrating baby. the <laughs> reflex and cribbing him and talking to Bruno. And Bruno is an audi- an audience surrogate on a 
really extraordinary level here because this this scene could have, if Bruno had been taken out of it, just been from any other. It could have been in a news show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing in particular about this that makes it filmic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, aside from some good cinematography. Well, and, and that's what I think is kind of cool, too, is that this doesn't have like a little because it's filmed in the 70s and yet is, you know, like a little like it's a little low budget, but yeah. it's not. It's not lacking in 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 cinemaness, if you will, right? Yeah, it doesn't it's lack sufficiently the, funded. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it has some. Um, it's just strange because his once again his films are have a sense of rawness to them, and yet are polished enough to fucking enjoy them as you know a a, a construction that we're willing to like that allows us to suspend a little bit of disbelief with them. And man, like that's just a line that Herzog is able to walk that other people I don't think are, you know, you're, you're, there's a reason you don't see a lot of these, these films that are meant to kind of reproduce or, or, or take as inspiration. Herzog is because it's, I don't think any people just can't do what he does. The premature birth scene is actually a good way to bounce off that idea where, where the genuineness, the seeming genuineness of what Herzog is putting on screen. I, I think I had this right. He said he wrote the script for this movie in four days. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's not a lot of time mm-hmm. uh, for the folks at home. Try to write a story in four days. Tell us, uh, send us an email. Tell us what <laughs> it looks like. Yeah. To the Machination let us, let, us, let us know if it seems like uh, cinema-worthy material. Um, there is, there is, it, Ryan, you, you, you wanted to get away from the word spontaneity, which I think is fair from an aesthetic perspective, but there is there is some value still to be wrung out of that word that we have not destroyed with the internet. Um, mm-hmm. There is there is a spontaneity to the premature ward scene. I guarantee you, um, Herzog did not write that scene into the four-day script. I am completely confident that he just realized that this was cool and pursued it. Yeah. Well, he did because he said he had met the doctor previously and wanted to like put this into a film, so this seemed as good a time as any. And that's the thing is this <laughs> this as a result um there's no mission statement to this scene. This scene played out to the it played out in a way that Herzog considered to be the best it could within itself mm-hmm. and the fact that it only sort of analogizes to the rest of the movie is beyond it's besides the point yeah mm-hmm. it was good film right he was not about to waste good film <laughs> yeah absolutely well and, and and not but not to like waste an experience that he'd had or like an idea or something that he because like there's a kind of generosity to like 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 the her like herzog as a as a caricature of himself almost mm-hmm. i mean you know you don't like make a film or like are able to like cobble together a group of individuals the way that Herzog does without having a certain amount of like generosity to your personality. And I think that one of the most telling aspects is, is that when you listen to the commentary, he talks about how sometimes, um, you know, the Bruno would like, um, in a sense, fly off the handle. Have like tantrums. Yeah, tantrums. He would have these like emotional reactions and, you know, what he, you know, he, he, Herzog relays this anecdote about how he had a sound guy when, you know, the Bruno's like, you know, ranting or or having a tantrum for, you know, an extended period of time, like 30, 40, 50 minutes. And the sound guy like starts reading a magazine while they're waiting for him to get over with. And, you know, Herzog's like, you know, like you're fucking paid to be here. And when he's like this, 
I want you to listen to him. Yeah, he and, wanted everyone to pay attention. Yeah, like and, listen. Yeah, like, yeah, like and what he, but of course, what this I think very cleverly is revealed to be is that when Bruno felt and looked around and maybe realized that like people were like maybe at least appearing or, or but were listening to him. Mm-hmm. He would say, you know, like he would conclude and then he would say, all right, well, now we can do what we need to do here. And I think that's a kind of insight into the way in which Herzog can, in a sense, allow uh, through his, I think, maybe perhaps generous personality, like allow people to be themselves and to allow people to trust that they can be themselves around Herzog. And this is what I think he is able to capture in a lot of his filmmaking that is so like, like fucking like a generous perspective to take on the world and this is what is unique because i think as we move to the american section of the film we're going to get an even darker presentation of and a darker ending to our story and yet i think herzog is in a, a very warm and generous personality in despite the fact of having a perhaps mostly pessimistic view uh, of the world compared to ordinary or normal people. Like I said, it, it was rough growing up in post-war Germany, you know, yeah. you just, you kind of have to become a little pessimistic. But, <laughs> but this does all sort of leave something dangling. We were talking before the podcast about the show Hoarders. Yes. Oh God, the, yeah. The magic, oh God. the magic of Hoarders, uh, as well as what it's, uh, my 600 pound. Yeah, my 600 pound life. So. These shows fall into a category that we have addressed on the podcast before, and for some reason Herzog doesn't appear to fall into it. Um, why is this film not exploitation? Okay, yeah. Um, because it has all the hallmarks of it. It's full of freaks. <laughs> um, it, it is attempting to portray reality in some sense. Um, if you're walking into this movie having seen the tagline and you're not just there because you think Herzog's a genius, um, you have to be walking in semi-ironically. Like, there's no, the, the premise of this movie is not intrinsic, it's like, it's oh. It's not intrinsically, like, like exciting, oh, this, like, yeah, yeah oh, this doesn't get totally sounds like something I want to watch. Yeah, this rubs me the right way. Like, it's a very, <laughs> it's, it's a very modern going on post-modern tagline. Why does this fit? Is it real? Is it just giving Herzog the benefit of the doubt? Because we know that just based on other things about him, he is capable of getting this out of people because he's not exploitative that way. Yeah. Um, are we just giving him credit for it because he does good films? I mean, this is, this goes back to the other, uh, I think it was Penny Arcade said at first, it's like, is this game an homage or is it a ripoff? It's like, I don't know. It depends on how much I like it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like, does this fall into that category? And if so, why or why not? So uh, you want to have a stab? I I almost, I almost need to like think about that one and like do a little research. (laughs) I mean, if we want to come back to it after, after whatever our next film is, we've we've got a month. No, I know. I'm going to actually jot that down though. Cause that's a good expression. Like what makes this not exploitation? Yeah. What is watching Bruno's eyes in all of these scenes as he clearly really uncomfortably tries to handle people talking to him and like stressful situation. Like that is, that very much fits into the rubric of exploitation. Yeah, you're... And yet, 
I, I don't, I don't want to call no, it that. No, that's what I mean. It doesn't feel like that either when you're watching it. It feels fairer than that. Yeah. For some reason. I just, there's a je ne sais quoi going on, and I'd like to figure out what it is. Something to meditate on, definitely. I don't think I have an answer right off the bat for that, I, yeah. but I think that it would be a good thing to ruminate on. Yeah, yeah no, I've got an answer. I, it would just <laughs> it would just take me to, it would just take me a lot of talking through to get to it, I think. But like, so I'll, I'll clean my shit up a little bit before we move on to that. All right. Um, so America, yeah. So they, they get it. They get into America, and um, they make it over to Wisconsin. Yeah, and uh, they meet uh, Herr Scheitz's cousin, um, <laughs> nephew, who a nephew who is a fucking dream he of an American a, he tow is an truck auto, driver. He's an auto mechanic <laughs> that Herzog met. You know, another like a, the year before when his transmission blew on his car while he was in America, and the guy fixed his car, and Herzog's like. I need you in a movie. Like, yeah. I'll be yeah. back when I come up with what movie that'll be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for those who haven't seen the movie, he looks like Vigo Mortensen's cousin. Inbred cousin. Inbred. Yeah. Yeah. Like, inbred like, cousin. like, that like goes real without person. Saying. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Comb over. So, yeah, so um, initially everything appears to be doing all right for the for the three heroes, uh, for the, our three Germans in Wisconsin. Um they get Her- themselves a house. Yeah, I get well, a, mo- a mobile home. Well, that, that's, uh, one of the best, that's one of the best scenes. But yeah, you know, we've got Eva's working as a waitress at the truck stop. Mm-hmm. The Bruno is working as a mechanic. He seems to be enjoying that, you know. Herr Scheitz is investigating animal magnetism. Yeah, which, like, sorry that's that. what he does. Yep, because that's what he's doing. And um, Herr Scheitz, who we haven't uh, talked about yet, to be fair, his best scenes are coming up. So yeah. it may be a little premature. Uh Definitely my dark horse pick for a favorite character. He's a he's just a poor, sickly old little man. <laughs> yeah, with great ideas. Um, and there there needs to be more of that. Um, in he's film. in three other of of oh, films. Okay, yes. good. No, Herzog used him multiple times. I can believe that. I when he is hypnotized. Yeah, you meet uh, someone, for the one performance, but yeah, you, you don't meet Her, you don't meet Herr Scheitz and then just dispense with him after one interaction. <laughs> and you know, like. and when, when Herzog was talking about hiring him, because um, uh, Scheid is actually an actor, he's like a character actor. Like an and he was hired and, yeah. and you know, from the way that Herzog was talking about it, it's like he saw a picture of him and someone at the uh, at whatever the equivalent of the Actors Guild for Germany whatever was like, the agency was like is. they said it's like yeah. he's a little unstable. And you know, <laughs> right then and there, that is exactly why he picked That's him. One yeah. of the highest recommendations <laughs> an actor can get in a Herzog interview. He's a little out there. I would like him in my yeah, film. I would like this guy yeah. in my film. I would take him. So yeah, so like um yeah, so they're kind of settling into their American life, and then there's like the big. I this is just the greatest scene is when yeah the mobile home the house comes pulling in on the semi because mm-hmm. it's like the whole like we made it moment. Oh God! And you know it's it's so American because it's like the the prefab home they're driving it in on the semi truck. There's, it's lime green. Oh, oh it's God it's a great it. yeah key lime green with trim. Prefab paradise. Oh, I'm telling it's good you. stuff. It's you know, it's America. Comes with a TV. A big, I like a big TV. I like to imagine everything is already in yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> and they didn't even have to like bring it inside. They just hauled it on, set it down, and it was done. Oh, I hope so. It's but, a little um, slice of the Midwest right there. Yeah, but that's kind of that's kind of like the 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 happiness peak oh, on this film. Yes, absolutely. Not yeah. that this film's been overwhelmingly happy up till then, Not but this even is slightly. really this is really the emotional like 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 
the joy peak at mm-hmm. on this film, and it's a, it's a great scene. They have somewhere to live where they are not currently being pursued by some form of authority figure. Uh, although they fix that relatively soon yeah. afterwards, yeah. but uh, we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what is America like to Herzog? Because the guy is German. Yeah. <laughs> um, he likes Chet Atkins, apparently. Yeah. Um, he plays one of his songs at the uh, in the middle part when they finally get to America. The, the we've come home at yeah. last, mm-hmm. you know, Immigrants' Weary Feet song is this, like, super kitschy version of, I forget which generic American song. It's not the, not the stars. I would have to um, insert uh, Yeah, I would later. have to go... I have to go look, but he's got, there is this optimism. It's got, it's got a sickly form of the optimism that America is always portrayed with, even yeah. in America. Like there is, it, you get the impression that everyone in Wisconsin is a little slow and um, they've, they've maybe been doing what they've been doing for a little too long. But it is idyllic. But generally nice people. Yeah, like they're nice people and there's, you know, you could live there, you know, you could make that work. But Um, the thing is our, our, you know, our, um, our humble Germans, they were under the impression that everyone gets rich fairly quickly in America. Yeah, and that's, that's... And that's funny because you don't get that at all from, like, the America that we see, you know, the Wisconsin that we see. These are these are not rich people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, the only <laughs> the only semblance of richness that happens in the movie in America is when they are in New York initially, when they yeah. get off the boat, basically, and the banker. Yeah. Like, those are the two people of with any notable wealth that are portrayed in America. And it's, that's great. Cause it's, you know, the, the degree to which the characters disagree with Herzog's vision of America. Like they don't, they have all these scenes of them driving through America, which that's a great American pastime is to drive through but they're and all see landscapes. the landscapes. Ter- they're all landscapes yeah. and they see these giant clouds and there's a lot of pretty scenes, a lot of and, sunsets. And there's no indication that any of these three people give a shit about any of that. Yeah. They don't comment on it. They're not like when they're looking out the window, they're basically always just looking forward or down at the ground. Like they're not looking at any of this. Only Bruno's the, still distressed that his bird got confiscated in customs. Yeah, they have all these bullshit problems yeah. to yeah. deal with. Like only only the cameraman cares about that part of America. Yeah. It's just like passing them by the whole time. Um again, it was very cute. Mm-hmm. Um but unfortunately, uh, that's that's the end of the pleasures experienced yeah. or otherwise for our protagonists. Yeah, because they start falling into some old habits after this. Well, they're unable to like meet. You get a sense that they're unable to pay their bills, yeah. right? Yes. So they're trying to make, or you know, that they don't even quite. You get a sense because Bruno lost in translation doesn't even know what the extent of the bills is. He knows that they're a problem, but mm-hmm. doesn't know exactly like what. Who, what, where, when, how much. Yeah. That problem is in English in fine print. Yeah, yeah. in small print, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then, you know, the, the the relationships between he and Ava begins to deteriorate as a result of this as well. And the pressures, let's just say she returns to old habits. Yes. Um, in order, you know, and then it just kind of, you know, goes and you know, downhill from there. You know, um, he starts drinking. Well, he gets a, a bit yeah, more. Get, starts drinking, gets a visit from like said banker that you yeah. mentioned before. <laughs> and this fucking guy. Let me oh, tell man. you. Yeah. There's oh. another guy. This is another guy that Herzog Herzog found this guy 
He was a he he was an a part time master of ceremonies. Yes, like he he like moonlighted. So Herzog saw this ceremonies. guy and was like, "Listen, next time I come back to America, and I need a skeezy motherfucker. I need you in a film." <laughs> oh Cause, god! Cause this, I know with the when the in the viewing the original viewing party, this guy was definitely sending some people just through the roof. What a, what a seventies guy! Yeah, man. yeah. Like you just can't be that person anymore. No, I don't, I'm surprised that people seem to have like more hair in the seventies. Like oh, this, yeah. like where like there must have been something in the water. Like going around. <laughs> Your dad had a lot of hair in the 70s. Everybody fucking in this movie had fucking a shitload of hair. Like like on all parts of the body. It was amazing. Except this uh, clean shaven or maybe never bearded uh, banker of no, 17. No, he's clean shaven, but he had the he had the, the helmet. He had the oh, helmet yeah. hair, yeah. man. Like it's yeah. like, it's got body. It's got lift. It's got shape. It's got torsion. I don't know what that word means. <laughs> it's got a lot of shit going on. Yeah. Um. He pulls a contract out of it at one point. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah. no. But they really need the money. Yes. Um, and this scene with the banker, uh, there have been a couple of scenes where Bruno has needed life translated to him. Yeah, there's um, actually, the, the, the translation aspect in this is really good when they get to America. Like, the way the stories and what people are saying get, like, translated down the chain of command, basically, yeah. is actually kind of a, a really funny trope that kind of works its way through the American side. And, and like in Germany, um, Bruno has a same shit, different day problem with Ava because Ava was being unfaithful to him in Germany as well and they kind of figured it would like reconstitute their relationship to go into America um but Ava was providing all of his money in Germany and was being not only unfaithful but basically being on the sly with him about a lot of things he had to but he had to have her in his life because she was the only stability he had yeah and in America, it's exactly the same way with an additional filter because right. Ava is the only person who can communicate with the other people. Like he is now behind a wall that it, yeah. it, he has to, uh, what is it? Ava is a gatekeeper for him even more now than he she was yeah. before. Um, and this comes across in the bank scene. And it's funny because Bruno, Bruno knows a lot of what's going on. Uh, it's just that Ava has to do the negotiation. So like in the banking scene, Bruno knows they're being fucked by the bank. Like, yeah. he understands that. Uh, and Ava tries to explain that to him, and he's just basically being despondent. Yeah, he, but he's got, like, a really great way in which he communicates that. Like, over the several scenes where, where you we see the, the breakdown in their relationship, and then, you know, once again, like, Bruno can't oh, but not but be honest. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he, he has a great <laughs> scene where he has, like... He has like created a sculpture to like so physically good. manifest the feelings of how the Bruno feels to her. Oh, that's a that's a brilliant. It, no, scene. it's intensely good, and you know, once again, like, um, you know, it it. Well, he talks about how much it hurts. He's like, because he knows, like, like before the abuse was physical, like when he was institutionalized and stuff. And he says, like, here it's it's underhanded and it's not physical, but it's still happening, and it's almost worse. Yeah. Mm hmm. Because there's nothing to fight. Yeah. Yeah, it happens, like, yeah, it's, like, coming at you, but then they want, no, like, Americanness at the somehow, they're, like, trying to destroy well, you Yeah, it's like they put on a smile, right? yeah, they have, like, a smiling face on the front, but, yeah, they're they're basically, like, tearing you down and you don't have a chance. Mm -hmm. um, and he knows this is happening to him, and he's powerless to do anything about it, and, essentially. And his one conduit for doing something about it 
Ava is already being unfaithful toward yeah. him again. It, they're not sleeping together. Um, She's hooking again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, his, yeah, his one connection is, di- I, assuming Herr Scheid is out of the picture, which he always is. He kind of wanders in and out at his leisure. Really. He's got his own particular interests, <laughs> all right? Yeah. Herr Scheid is, is unlocking the mysteries of the world. <laughs> Let's just give him some breathing room here, all right? Oh, the film gives him as much breathing room as he needs. Yeah. I don't think we run into him again in America until he's testing, like, fence posts with a voltmeter. Yes. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> so, um... So, Love Ava, uh, Ava um, blows town. She heads off with some truckers. She's going to go to Vancouver. Where it's fun, apparently. Yeah. I had, I've had. i still yet to have people confirm that Vancouver is fun. Um, <laughs> I'm iffy on it. Yeah, I know. Uh, oh, but, one, th- one thing about the banker scene real quick. Just in case it seems like Herzog is just a touchy-feely guy, uh, the cinematography... Uh, the choreography in this movie does still exist in some beautiful scenes. Uh, example from the banker scene, mm-hmm. the punctuation for the banker getting down to brass tacks. He, he's like he's doing the general couching that someone who is basically an axe man for the state um, is go. He goes, but we need the money. And when he says need the money, his hand it's like a close up shot on his face, sort of. It's got a little yeah. bit of his body. And he says need the money. He holds his hands up. And he has two fraternity rings and a gold watch on. (laughs) And they all enter the scene simultaneously. (laughs) And it's worth the price of admission just just for that. So, um, yeah, so they for uh, Ava runs off. Uh, Bruno loses the motor home. Yeah, the the house gets foreclosed in an excellent, excellent scene. (laughs) Also, yeah. That that, um, is an expression of the poetry of capitalism. The last yes. poetry possible. And it is, of course, an auction that happens. Yeah. Yeah. They auction off this foreclosed motor home. Yeah, they hire... Uh, mobile home. They, yeah, he uh, hires, like, a um, a champion auctioneer. Yeah, this guy... The former world champion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cattle, cattle auctioneer. It shows. Um, yeah. yeah. He's got chops. He's lost his game a little bit, though. You can tell he's the former world champion <laughs> this season. Uh, but, so, they get a great, um, great auction scene, and then... Um, really great is when uh, Strasik uh, is um, Bruno is um, standing in front and the trailer like gets pulled out uh, right in front of and him. And then the yeah. auctioneer and the banker who's in the back who is also emceeing this auction. Yes. yes. They drive by Bruno and Bruno's trying to you know communicate with him and mm-hmm. they just say really loud like he's retarded like like we do not understand yeah, you I'm and sorry. just drive <laughs> away. That was her shite. Oh, Talk yeah. about his friends. I'll get my friends in the <laughs> service. I'm the CIA. Yeah. I'm gonna get the CIA on you. <laughs> yeah, and then the guy who was who was blathering almost incoherently through the whole auction. Says, I'm yeah. Sorry, sir, I don't understand you, and just like drives, just drives away. Off. Slowly. It's a true. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's a truly beautiful scene. Yeah. So then they decide they're gonna get the revenge, and there's probably the worst <laughs> armed robbery in the history of crime in the Midwest. Um, it, that, that's, well, that is as well worth the price of admission. Oh my God. Um, Herrscheitz gets arrested. Bruno does not. That's all you need to worry about. Um, and then, um, Bruno, uh, with a frozen turkey, a shotgun, and a, shotgun. And a tow truck. And no longer Herrscheitz. And no, with no more Herrscheitz is... Yes, was arrested. Yeah, he's driving somewhere. And, um, yeah. He's I, just then we on enter the, the run. Fi- yeah, then we enter the final sequence of the film. Uh, do we want to... Any any thoughts? Because I I don't want to spoil the ending for anyone who's yet to see this thing. But do we want to maybe like talk about it a little? It doesn't bit? end well. Uh, no, it doesn't end well. But I think y- you can piece together yeah. that that's going to happen. Um, no, I'm I'm fine with ambiguity. I'm fine with the degree of discussion we've had on the film. I feel like we've hit 
most of the high points. So yeah, this movie ends. Uh, watch it for yourself, and then watch it again. This is if this I mean it's it's weird because I I understand we're like we're adhering to a a non spoiler thing on the end of this movie, but um, th- this movie definitely gets better every time you watch it. It yeah. really I w- I've watched it three times like you two. We did the the joint viewing. We did the commentary tract, and then I watched it on my own again yeah, this week. Same here. And like it got. By that third viewing, I was I was enjoying this film so much. Yes. I could barely express myself. No, I <laughs> so uh, one out of one stars for me. I'll be honest with you. I um I watch this movie probably every couple of years or so. Uh, this is um and I it I was a little bit like upset because I was like and I'm like we're gonna do it's it's hard to it's yeah. almost hard to discuss because you really just have to experience it. Well, and I think that hopefully as we head through another two podcasts on Herzog that I'll get a little bit more. S- more able uh, to express yourself yeah a little in, in a more clear and concise manner about the enjoyment that happens when you watch a herzog film so uh like i said suffice it to say one out of one stars for me will watch again yeah uh and that i think that as we kind of approach uh the other films that my fellow uh co-podcasters will uh, uh propose we enjoy together um I'm looking forward to it. And um, are there any other, any final, maybe final thoughts on the film before we head to Nicole's pick? Yeah, I think I'm next. Nicole, what's your opinion? Oh, no, this is, this is definitely, um, this is definitely as far as like, you know, like I said, we always say this on a spectrum as far as one of Herzog's narrative films. Mm -hmm. uh, This is definitely one of the best ones uh, just all the way around. It's really good. And it does. It's weird. It's 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 awkward at first when you haven't seen it because you really don't know what to expect, but it's amazing how well it resonates the more you rewatch it. Like it you just have to get over that initial awkward period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to realize that you're not being shown some sort of like once again, it's it's not some slicked product that you're yeah. handed here, right? Like the the grit, the 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 uh un, the 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 lack of varnish on the on the performances yeah, all of that know, has a purpose yeah cuz i know a couple of the people who had not seen or heard or had any idea what this movie was that were watching it they had like a hard time with kind of like the editing and how rough it seemed mm-hmm. at first and that really kind of it it it's not as much of an issue like after you've watched it again a couple times yeah. because you can get past that and you you know you see how good it is well it's 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 different not because it's doing what we expect films to do poorly, mm-hmm. right? It's different because he's got a different purpose for this film, right? Like and, I said, and, his and, method and, and product are yeah, and are his much style than what is just not to. the traditional like style of film that you're used to seeing, just in terms of like how, like I said, how things are stylized and how actors act. Like you know, you you got to kind of get away from what you normally yeah. feel. Yeah. A narrative movie is what it should be. What yeah, you, what you've been told a movie should be, right? And that's why or what you're used to seeing yeah. is what it is. Really, what it comes down to, it's more of what you're used to seeing. Like this isn't what you're used to seeing. Yeah, I mean, I keep asking whether anybody's following in Herzog's footsteps. Um, obviously, because it would be nice if someone else were doing so. Um, this is one thing that I keep running into, not even in cinema, now that I've started actually reading books again. Um, hey! hey! Like, hey, this one isn't specifically a book, but there's a chapter There's a chapter out of a, uh, out of a textbook uh, called A Cyborg Manifesto, mm-hmm. if either of you have heard of it. Um, it is... It, 
I, we may actually discuss it in a separate podcast. I might discuss it with Required Alicia, reading, but it's basically a um, reading podcast. It's it, it's basically and it, it it is an angle and it, it very literally d- falls into the category of a manifesto. It proposes a new form of feminism based on the notion that organism and machinery are being blurred gradually by the uh, by the cyborg revolution, and it introduces every esoteric topic that every conservative would rather not deal with. Um, nowadays, which seem like they all popped up four years ago, uh, this essay came out in 1984. Okay, ah. okay. And to my knowledge, which is extraordinarily limited, um, hasn't been meaningfully evolved. Gotcha. And Herzog is in this weird position where we live in a world where everyone tries everything, but you go back to 1977 and clearly someone already did everything better. Well, I even, even to break it down more because I've been uh, adopting kind of like Herzog as a philosophy recently, (laughs) Um, you know, like back in the seventies, you know, he said that he, he doesn't see like, doesn't see life as harmony he sees life as like chaos and murder and then i was listening to a joe rogan podcast yesterday with jordan peterson i believe it is uh that wouldn't happen to be a canadian philosopher it would would be and he was talking about how you know right now this time we are living in a time of chaos and i had just posted that herzog a quote about chaos the day yep. before and the it's common like, denominator and quote. it was like it was like it was it's it's like there and he saw it and like now we're just identifying that we're fucking living in it mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this that's so long ago that's this is all pre-internet like yeah. that that revolution seems to have had no impact yeah. on the progress <laughs> of any of these ideas they just they just all existed back then and we are apparently so enamored with the current time that we have not even bothered no. to remine territory that was plundered decades ago. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, which what, is that's why what, we have to go back and watch all no, these fucking movies. That's why this stuff holds up so good. Like that's that's why I okay, I don't know anything that came out last year or this year, but you know, I bought a fucking DVD box set that has most of Herzog's films from like, you know, 70 to 99 because I'm getting everything I need philosophically out of these films. <laughs> Even though they're almost 40 years old at this point. Like 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 the message is still accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for my part, I did the math and um <laughs> for, and from you last, the numbers and, have and, you? For, and from last year, uh, Zootopia represents eighty four percent of my movie going experiences. Damn. Um, you did see that a lot. Yeah, I did. And then I watched Arrival and that was okay. Yeah. I saw maybe two movies in the theater last year. I'm gonna go see that alien fucker in the theater. That's because my parents are gonna I are gonna go I do see wanna that. I, I wanna see the that Valerian, the Basson. I don't think that's coming out till the middle of summer. Though. Very good. Yeah. Luke Besson, you say? Yeah. Very good. Sci-fi, going back to gotcha. the sci-fi stuff. Bitchin'. Did any of those directors eat their shoes? <laughs> they, in fact, they this have is, this not. Is, this is what you don't understand. <laughs> you just don't understand the depths Ugh. and the greatness. But we're going to cover right. some more of this. Because yeah, Nicole, what are we doing next? This was such a fucking hard pick because, you know, there's so many directions to go. And we're probably not going to cover an authentic Herzog documentary in this month. But it is okay because we, we need to examine the relationship between... Herzog and Klaus Kinski, because that was a huge part of this of of his career, and it mm-hmm. kind of defined both of them. And also, 
I really want to take a look at the uh, the we are constantly in battle with the chaos and murder of nature aspect in a more literal sense. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> also do... same shit different. Yeah, <laughs> I I know it's hard. It's hard. Um, so we're gonna do Fitzcarraldo, mm-hmm. and we're gonna do Burden of Dreams in conjunction. Ah, very this good. we did Double the commentary feature. track, uh-huh. but this will watch the documentary that Les Blank did on him. All right, good. Covering Fitzcarraldo. So the Herzog film is Fitzcarraldo. Yes. And the documentary about Fitzcarraldo is... It's called Burden of Dreams. Yes, excellent. And Because I, I feel like we'll kind of get our groove. It'll be easier to express it. Because David is going to take us more into the English language, I think. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, I've known... I've known in my heart which one I have to pick for the, a variety of reasons <laughs> for a long time. But no, and the, it's um, good because it's totally it's a totally <laughs> different direction. Yeah, and and though it seems like it might be cheating for a double feature, in case we didn't make it perfectly clear, um, the assignment for Strassic included also listening to it with the commentary. Yes, um, it's impossible to understand. Well, you're just you're missing out if you it's, don't. Yeah, you're not getting enough Herzog yeah. by just watching the film initially. Yeah, like, you, you can't appreciate everything there is to appreciate, like, if you don't understand, like, how it got to you on the screen. Yes. And he lets you know. Yes, Absolutely. he does. Arrests and all. Um, right. So that's going to do it Woo! for uh, this week. Ryan and Nicole, thank you. Thank you. For being part of the Machination Log. Good morning, everyone. <laughs>